On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we discuss the Ohio State, the Ohio State's upset loss to Purdue and its ramifications on the college football playoff landscape. We discuss how Alabama is really, really good, but maybe I don't think they're as good as everybody else does. We lastly go over college football futures and update where the value is. Moving on to the NFL, we discuss the ending of the Giants-Falcons game and the Twitter stuff that ensued afterwards, and we give our picks. And we also give our picks for college football. Don't forget that. As always, the podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action app, which is the best place to track your picks. It's actually a really awesome app. I really like it. So with that, let's start the process. Another episode of the Bet the Process podcast. I am in New York City. Rufus, where are you? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia. Is that going to be your new stomping grounds? No, no, no. That's where I grew up. I'm at my parents' place right now. I was in town for the weekend last weekend, and I'm heading back to Boston this weekend. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very exciting. People said they wanted restaurant recommendations, so we should tell them about how great Blue Dragon is. That place was amazing. I I literally wanted to order everything on the menu. It was so good. Delicious. It's like an Asian gastro pub started by my friend Ming Tsai, who was one of the first original celebrity chefs and one of the first people that brought Asian fusion food to the United States. So, and he's like, it's a bummer that he wasn't there when you were there because he's a great dude. I feel like everywhere I go with you, we go out to a restaurant where you know the chef. That's why I'm fat, dude. (laughs) Not with a PH. That's with a big F. Okay, let's jump into football. Yes, or we can continue talking about food. Um, I mean, food is delicious. Last week's game. Was there any upsets last week? Do you know? I I mean, a little small one. You know, a, a, a little small school in Ohio that had been struggling and they finally lost a game after having squeaked by a, a number of close calls against Penn State and then playing poorly against Indiana and Minnesota. So it's quite possible fifth... that their their defense is indeed bad, like everyone was saying. I mean, it, it is not played well. I'll, I'll, I'll put it at that. I mean, their, their defense is rated 24th in Massey Peabody, but... I mean, the warning signs were there for Ohio State before, right? I mean, they put up great numbers against Ohio, Oregon State and Rutgers, but those teams rank 114th and 106th in the Massey Peabody ratings. And they gave up, actually, they gave up 7.2 yards of play to Oregon State. Their offense played well, I should say, against Oregon State and Rutgers. But they struggled against TCU, Penn State, Indiana, and Minnesota. And in the games against TCU, Penn State, and Minnesota, they were actually outgained on a per-play basis. And then obviously Purdue stomped on them in yards per play too. So like that's four games they've been outgained in yards per play. Did Not you good. watch the game? I didn't watch any of it. I had I, I had a birthday party at a bar. Yeah, we I, had I'm a kind of disappointed. I I wish I had watched the game. Do you have any do you know if you had any plays on the second half? I don't. I could take a look. I, I would we guess actually, uh, we had the we had the uh, second half over in that game. And so it was kind of like trudging towards like feeling like we weren't going to win. And then all of a sudden it like exploded in the fourth quarter. 
So that was um, a nice, a nice win in an unexpected moment. Um, but it was a funny game because in that second half, there was only probably one moment where it seemed like Ohio State legitimately had a shot to get back in the game, but they just couldn't stop Purdue. It was, it was incredible. They, they couldn't stop them at all. Do you think? Are, so now are they are they out of it, or like, or or does that just hurt them in in so far as like essentially now if they still went out, are they in? Jeff, by the way, I looked it up. I, I had under thirty one and a half at plus money. So we were on the opposite side. We we're on the opposite awesome. side of second half a lot these days. I think so. We we had a good week with second half. Did you? Uh yeah, we had re- it was reasonable. It was it was positive. It wasn't. I don't think it was great, but it was positive. We were like plus. 18% on the week, which is nice. Makes, up, nice. For, makes up for how bad NFL was. Um, NFL yeah, per- was bad on both ways. Both. Uh, um, yeah, it wasn't good. But uh, yeah, Ohio okay. State, like Ohio State, yeah, they, they they drop a ton. They're they're down to 58 to one now. They're not only not only do they have a loss, and I mean obviously they can rebound, but they dropped a bunch in their rankings. The funny thing is, you know, when we look at big movers, which we like doing every week. They actually don't move any at all in terms of ranking. They stay at number six, but they move um, they move down three ranking points. So right now, if they were to play on a neutral field against Alabama, what do you think that spread would be? Twelve. I'd 11. make it. Um, we, I'd make it sixteen. Yeah, I thought I was maybe going a little under. I was like going off of. I've heard what what do you think that LSU line is going to be? I think there's some look ahead lines on that. Oh, but I forgot that LSU line is in LSU. So, so that changes it. 16 16 seems kind of high. But it does. Um I mean especially given the I mean Alabama plays a slower game. They they have fewer possessions in general or fewer plays I should say, but that's that's also because they've been up by so much. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> they they um I was looking at I was looking at how they've done in terms of um you know by quarter. I mean obviously they were another big mover this week even though they stay at number 1 they're now a full five, almost 5 points 4.7 points ahead of number 2 Clemson and a full 10 points ahead of number 3 Michigan. But their average first quarter leverage is 0.85 meaning that um like a, a leverage index of 1 it means it's an average leverage play leverage being the impact of uh the game or the play on the game's outcome. Uh, second quarter, 0.28, meaning that like it, it, it takes a, almost four plays to have the impact, um, an equal impact on the game as one play in an average situation. Third quarter, it's average of 0.04. So it would take 25 third quarter plays to have the same impact as like an average play on a game outcome. And then the fourth quarter, 0.006. So, so Alabama has not played any meaningful snaps in the second half. Um, and it's, and, and, I don't think, I don't think we need your fancy numbers to tell. No, that. I know. I, I was just curious how unmeaningful they were and it's astounding. And, and, you know, yeah, but all you need to do is look at the scores. The scores have been pretty lopsided, right? Yeah. I like the fact that Tua hasn't even really played in those third and fourth quarters. Have you been following Doug Kazarian's? um, He's been really touting this whole Bama in the first half. He's been talking about it on SportsCenter, blah, blah, blah. I guess they're undefeated so far in the first half. Against the spread, like play Bama against the spread in the first half and play against them in the second half? 
he hasn't he hasn't done the the second part of it the play against them but you know he was like i was listening to the, his pod today where he was talking about you know the inefficiency because of Tua not playing in the third and fourth quarters etc and, and the value being in the first half and you know it's, it's a little bit hard to argue with them given the fact that it's an undefeated strategy right now well i mean i um, think it's very explanatory that does that make it predictive to the only reason Tua isn't playing the second half is because they are up by so much if it's a tie game at halftime Tua is playing in the second half so i think that that yeah. strategy has literally no predictive value I mean, it's not like the first half spread is half of the second half spread. We both know that. If the spread is like, right. if they're a 39-point favorite, I, the first so, half spread will probably be like 28 or something. Yes, yeah. I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this one because is this a case where the odds makers can't make that um, out of whack enough? So that there is value in the first half in Alabama in the first half, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I know what you're saying, because, but but I I don't think it is. I think that's okay. it's kind of a normal situation where, you know, a, a big favorite is supposed to have most of their uh, points in the first half. In the second half, well, they Doug Kazarian, Doug Kazarian, and Doug Kazarian and his seven game winning streak will tell you to shove it in your face. Wait, wait. So, has is he been touting this the entire season, or is he touting it after the fact? No, oh, he's been touting it. He's been touting it before the fact. Okay. He's been touting it on Sports Center and on his pod and all of that. Every week. Pretty much every week. Yeah, I don't know when he started doing it, but it's certainly been the last at least four well, or five weeks. The last few. At least four or five, I think. Well, he's done well for himself. Congrats. He has. He has done well for himself. I mean, Alabama. Um, they have they have ten point six yards per play in the first quarter. You know where that you know what where that ranks in, in all of college football. First, they have nine point one yards per play in the second quarter. You know where that ranks. First. Yep. So this whole podcast, the first half of it has been telling people that Alabama's good. So They're good. We're They're good. we uh, you guys should thank us for that really insightful information. Yeah, uh, but they've also been—they've also been fortunate in some areas. Uh, I'll say this: they've um, their turnover margin. They are on the season plus eleven in turnover margin, which ranks. I feel like we're searching. We're searching for any reason that to to say the college football season isn't over. <laughs> I still don't make them a favorite to win the championship. As crazy as that wow. sounds, just because wow. there is uncertainty. And I mean, they're they're ninety one percent to make the playoff. But who have they played? The best team they've played so far is Texas A and M. Well, that's definitely. I think that's fair. They definitely have not played anyone. They're and... going to have to play some teams. They're going to have to have some physical games. You know, right now they've been able to rest all their players in the second half, like which is really great. But I mean, they're going to have Georgia probably in the SEC title game. They'll have Auburn. They still have Mississippi State, and then obviously after the bye this week, they have LSU. And I don't think LSU's that good, but they did rip Georgia a new asshole. So yeah, but did you see how they played against Mississippi State? They didn't do very much offensively, but they covered. Yeah, they did. They won nineteen to three. They they intercepted. Um, who's Fitzgerald? Uh, Fitzgerald. There we go. 
uh, four yeah. times. They won the turnover battle four to one. Nick Fitzgerald. I know his name. Yeah. They were outgained 4.3 <laughs> to 3.4 yards. I'm proud of you, Rufus. I'm proud Thanks. of you. Thanks. <laughs> they were outgained. Um, they, and they've been very fortunate this season in terms of, in terms of turnovers. They've recovered all five of their opponents fumbles. Although they've also, I mean, to be fair, uh, their opponents have recovered all their fumbles too. So, uh, but they have 19 takeaways to only seven giveaways, which is the fourth best turnover margin in college football. And they've they've been out gaining yards per play in three games this year. So they have a very good. Okay, defense. how about this? Okay, here, how about this? If I gave, if I took Alabama, are there three teams that you could find that you would be willing to bet me straight up? You have those three teams. I have Alabama. Um, to win the college football playoff? No, to um, to go to school out there, to go to school there, to get a degree. Yes, to win the college football national championship. Well, how would I do that? I can get plus like one sixty five or no, something. No, I'm, 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 I'm asking. I'm not actually challenging you to. Okay, a you, you, you just want you, my numbers on that. I'm asking you a thought exercise. Okay, good to know. I mean, this is a betting podcast, so I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you challenged me to bet. Um, right. I'm trying to ask the answer is no. in an interesting way. The answer is Three no. Three teams, no. How about four teams? Four teams, yes. Okay, and those four teams are? Clemson, Michigan, Oklahoma. Wait. Clemson, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Georgia. There you go. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Michigan and Oklahoma are, you know, it's interesting where the college football playoff situation stands this week. Um, Should we, should we recap? Should we recap some games? I I feel like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. What do you think? Or do we want to get straight into like the playoff situation here? I think we just get right into it. We've already been talking for a while about college football nonsense. So we might as well jump into the playoff situation. Okay, so so Michigan is kind of, I mean, they're they fall squarely into this sort of second tier for the playoff. So tier one is obviously Clemson and Alabama, both over ninety percent. Tier two is Notre Dame, Michigan, and Oklahoma, which are all right around fifty percent. And then tier three is Georgia and Ohio State. Tier four, Texas, LSU, Washington, and then everybody else is after that. So Michigan, um, they had a dominant win against Michigan State. They graded out as the second best game grade of the week. They and they had they actually only allowed um, fifty yards on thirty-two pass plays, which is the lowest yards per pass play of any team with thirty-plus pass plays against them this season. Quiz question for you, Jeff: mm-hmm. Which one team has both the number one and number two? Yards per pass play, minimum of 30 pass plays uh, this season. Which team is that on offense? Allowed or? No, no, on offense. Oh, Oklahoma. Nope. Who is it? Ole Miss. Huh. Yeah, I was kind of surprised too. I mean, to be fair, it's against Louisiana Monroe and Southern Illinois, so. Southern Illinois isn't in an FBS team. Nope, they're uh, not. We should throw that. We should throw that one out the window because you know the F- non-FBS game. It still counts for bowl eligibility, right? 
anyway, yeah, Michigan, they have the number two defense in college football behind only Clemson. They've held opponents to under three yards per play in four of their eight games. But if you look like they haven't had, um, I, I think that the scores they've given up, uh, they've given up way more points than they should, largely because they haven't really been forcing the turnovers you'd expect. They only have three forced fumbles all season. And you look at the number one defense in the country, that's Clemson. Um, they forced 19, including eight in one game against Georgia Tech. And I was like, is there something wrong with my data? And actually searched through the play-by-play. -play. I was like, how does one team fumble eight times in a game? But, I, I mean, I think Michigan, they, they, they've moved up from number four to number three, and they have a very clear path now. I mean, they have had a clear path, but they are actually going to be favorite now when they visit Columbus in that um, in that Big Ten finale. And then either on to Wisconsin or Iowa or Purdue in the championship game if they win that. It's going to be interesting. It's starting to get fun. Next week, is that the first week where we get um, the playoff rankings? It is. It is indeed. It's like Christmas. It's like, it's like the day before Christmas. Exciting. You know, so um, we right. actually we actually do um, ratings for Massey Peabody. We kind of forecast the forecasters to put it like yeah, no, we've talked about this. <laughs> we've talked about this ad nauseum. Right. In last year, you mean? No, I know. But we, we, we talked about this and we've talked about like how I've kind of said, like, I think it's a little bit of a fool's errand just because you don't have um, a lot of stationary data or stable data to, to make these predictions because, and you don't even really know what like the objective function is in this prediction, right? Because it's like, a, it seems like it might even be a moving target. No, it definitely like, is a moving target. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying to you is like, I know that you like to do this and you find it really interesting. And I think it is an interesting thought pro um, exercise, but I kind of feel like it's a fool's errand. Person. Yeah, but I, I do think it's a way of sort of seeing who has the best resume now. Where would we sit? What, like, what, what would you make the top four, Jeff? In order, like in, term, in yeah. terms of like, no, predicting what, what the college football playoff would, committee would would make it. Oh, OK. Uh, Alabama. Uh, Ding. What's that? Ding. Sorry, I, I got that right. Yeah. Alabama. Um, Clemson, Bing. Um, Notre Dame, I think they're going to put third. Bing. And then fourth, probably Michigan at this point. Yep, that's, I agree. And then who's number five? Uh, I think five right now, the committee right now. would probably say LSU. Yep, that's that's exactly what I have, which is, the model says the same thing as you say, which is I think is a good thing. To me, that validates yeah, well, it. Right? I mean, I don't, I, I, I just think that I just proved that you know you don't need to do your fancy math. I just did that all in my head. Yeah. Well, who's number six then? I think six is where we come in and maybe. I think we're going to disagree probably now. Uh, I think you're probably going to say Oklahoma. Nope. Georgia. Yep. Yeah. Then I like Georgia. I'm a Georgia fan, so I would like to see Georgia. And I, I still have a lot of those residual futures for when we were running around the world, <laughs> sprinkling money on Georgia. And we wanted to become the official Georgia Bulldogs podcast. 
So. I thought we were like the official Kansas Jayhawks podcast or yeah. Rutgers podcast. Rutgers. Well, Rutgers covered last week and Kansas didn't. So I yeah. think officially right now we're the Rutgers podcast. But it doesn't look, not to foreshadow future events, but it doesn't look like that either of us have a pick on Rutgers this week. So, Right. Um, unless I'm not looking at it. Okay. College football nope. futures. It looks like you have some value, huh? I did. Well, you didn't even let me get to where Ohio State is in this first playoff hypothetical T minus one first ranking. I bet. All right. I would guess they're like nine or 10. 11. Kentucky would be eight, which to me, that doesn't really pass the smell test. But, well, but Kentucky's played a tougher numbers, schedule. Kentucky, like Kentucky's wins are better, I guess. And that, that's one where it's early, right, Rufus? Because they, they're on they're, Kentucky still they have one loss. No. Okay. They have one loss. They have one loss. And then, yeah. And they're going to play, they're going to play some good teams, right? They're going to play Georgia. Right. And they barely beat Vandy. But but then if you actually look at Ohio State. They barely beat Vancouver, you mean. Yeah, exactly. If you actually look at Ohio State, though, I mean, Ohio State's three big blowout wins were against um, Oregon State, Rutgers, and Tulane. And Tulane is is also pretty far down. I mean, I think it's I think it's fair ranking it. Yeah. It's fair to say fair to say that Ohio State has a very poor resume right now. They played poorly this year. Like the re- the reason they're number 6 in the country in my ratings is because of because of their prior. Right. It's and and the priors not that not that like the mainstream media even knows what a prior is, but the priors are the reason the mainstream media is keeping them there cuz they're Ohio State. That's true. That's very true. So uh college football futures wait before we get to that jeff i do think there is one interesting exercise that i did for the first time this week which is sort of and i think you you will think yoga interesting too i wish i i should have did you no i do i do trx is what my main workout is these days you don't even do you meditate uh no i mean i'm once a month (laughs) I only actually meditate once a month, but I talk about meditation many times a month, trying to get other people to do it. It takes too much time. So this exercise happens to be a sort of pecking order, hypothetical playoff ordering. So basically we run all the college football sims and we could see um, how each team would rank in certain situations, which I I find quite fascinating because we can say, well, would Notre Dame, would a one-loss Notre Dame team get in over a one-loss Oklahoma team? Or, think, or you know, who would get in a one-loss Notre Dame team or, or sorry, an undefeated Notre Dame team or a one-loss Alabama, right? And so I, I actually think the ordering of one-loss teams is quite quite interesting. It, it um, And Alabama would not be the highest one-loss team, believe it or not. You know who it would be? Georgia and Oklahoma? Nah, LSU. LSU. Oh, because, because of how schedule. tough their schedule is. Because of their schedule. I got it. Like, yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I didn't, go, I didn't understand yeah. that. I didn't understand your – so I. So you have to – basically that's essentially just the strength of schedule. Yeah, I mean, two, I mean the chances of them uh, – of um, LSU going undefeated the rest of the way um, is only – the two point three percent, so not not a particularly right. like, so, likely outcome. So but you have LSU, Bama, Georgia. But what's interesting to me is that I mean, Clemson is behind Michigan. Um, you have a bunch of SEC teams there, but 
but Ohio State is actually one loss Kentucky would be prioritized over one loss Ohio State, according to my numbers. Mm, so That's what a one loss Oklahoma. So this is why Ohio State's fallen so far. Right now, at this point, we think that like a one loss Oklahoma gets in over a one loss Ohio State. Yeah, which I think. Well, that's not SEC. That's Big Twelve versus Big Ten. I'm just going to keep saying SEC bias. You're just bored. I I think you're getting very excited about all this, and I I get excited about it, but I get excited about it when we're a little bit further down because there's so many unknowns right now that it's hard to get excited about understanding like the one loss versus the one loss. I, I like the idea that you said of the, these, the, you know, basically analyzing going forward if all these teams end up with one loss. But so many things can happen, um, and you don't know when that loss is going to happen. And, you know, True. it's just it's, it's just it's sort of silly. But you, I assume, did you do, are you doing Sims for this, or are you just analyzing? No, this is Sims. This is Sims. So I can say yeah, for that, each I of these situations. A, I think that's interesting. I think no, it's I really think that's interesting. interesting. So for no, each it of these is, situations. It is, it is. I can not only say the probability of it, but I can say the probability that the team makes the playoff in that case. So, Jeff, for example, what do you think the probability that West Virginia makes the playoff if they win the Big 12 with one loss? Um, what's the probability that they make it if they win the Big 12 with one loss? Um, yeah. Meaning they win out. 12, 15%. Whoa. 73%. Okay. That's way too I was way too low. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's a Power 5 conference champ with one loss. They yeah, they have a tough was, schedule a, coming up. It was it was a terrible answer. It was a terrible Ohio, guess, What about Ohio State answer. then? What about Ohio State? Ohio, if they went out the rest uh, of the way. 60%. 85%. It, it's funny that basically any Power 5 team that wins their conference with one or fewer losses is as a very good chance over 70% to make it the lowest. I think West Virginia. No, actually. Yeah. West Virginia is the lowest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they, the committee loves to screw over the big 12. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Can we talk about college football futures with value? We can if you want, but okay. You don't care about where the Pac-12 fits in, I'm guessing. Where does the Pac-12 fit in? Hold on. I, I literally, I was surprised to learn that apparently there is a Pac-12 team with one loss. So I was, I said, because I said 73%, but in fact, or West Virginia is the lowest. In fact, Washington State's the lowest. If they win the Pac-12 with one loss, they're still only 31%. Okay. So um, I, I didn't realize they only have one loss. Bias. Well, no, they just aren't very good. But a two-loss Washington, which is the Pac-12's best chance, would sit right would sit behind, um, behind a two-loss Oklahoma or a two-loss Texas that wins the the Big Twelve, and ahead of a two-loss Georgia or Michigan that lose the conference championship game. So basically, they'd be behind any other two-loss Power Five champ. And interestingly, a one-loss Notre Dame sits behind every single one-loss Power 5 champ except NC State. And Notre Dame, one-loss Notre Dame would only have a 45% chance to get in. So they'd actually be slotted in behind a two-loss SEC champ, provided it's one of, like, 
Alabama or Georgia or LSU. Right. Okay. okay. I'll, I will stop boring you, and we can now move on to college football futures, like you said. Right. There's value on a few teams. There is. Yeah. I There's value on Michigan at 14-1, to 1, who I've just been talking up. There is value on Oklahoma. 14 to 1 is it, Chris. Um, I make Michigan 13. What do I make them? No. I make them 11.9 to 1. I make Oklahoma 13 to 1. You can get 30 to 1 at Westgate or 26 to 1 at Chris. And I'm surprised they're priced that low. Their offense is phenomenal. They played extremely well on, um, they actually played, I shouldn't say extremely well, but they played well on defense in their first game after firing Mike Stoops' as defensive coordinator. I, I They've got a ton of talent. Um, I, I just I feel like people are underestimating them. They do have one loss, but they have a clear path we, to the playoff. We talked about this, though, and, and our, friend, our friend Preston, so you called me feisty last week, and our friend Preston texted me and said that he thought that the, the conversation about Oklahoma and Texas was very interesting. And he yeah, thought okay. that it was good that I kept pushing you on it because it is a, a, an interesting point that you very very much so have Oklahoma sort of in the driver's seat, um, or not necessarily in the driver's seat, but as 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 the preferred team in the Big 12, probably much more than public perception does. And then we kind of talked a little bit about if those two teams play in the Big 12 championship, that that line will probably be too short and there's a good chance that there'll be value on Oklahoma. For sure. I mean, you know, Texas, adjusting for home field, Texas has 6.8 yards per play on offense in their best game. Oklahoma has 6.9 yards per play in their worst game. Like, that's the difference in, in offenses here. Like, like they're not even in this, they're not in the same, in the same time zone, really. Oklahoma has the number two offense in football. Texas has the number 32. And yes, Oklahoma has the number 44 defense and Texas has the number 16 defense, but um, maybe Mike Stoops being fired will help things. And also I tend to, you know, as I've said many times, um, offense is more predictive than defense. And you'd rather have the best offense and worst defense than the worst offense and best defense. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to picks. Uh, Let's go quickly through this because we've, we've already gone through, uh, a fair amount. Uh, last week, we were both two and three, um, which brings my college record to sixteen and nineteen, and your college record to eighteen and seventeen. And I've, I've fallen so, sharply. I started twelve and three. I think that means I'm like yeah, you, six and you have, fourteen. You have yeah. Ah, woof. So my Thursday, with now becoming a traditional Thursday night Jeff Moffade, my Thursday night Jeff Moffade is I like Western Michigan minus six and a half over Toledo. It's a little maction, which means there'll be a lot of scoring. Um, so I like Western Michigan there. So if you're back on the Thursday fade, that means you guys should all get on Toledo. The Thursday fade? So you're fading to, yeah? No. Someone, someone tweeted, some, no, someone tweeted out that like my last couple Thursdays had been, so picks had been bad. Oh, at Georgia State, so they're saying gotcha. they should fade me on my Thursday picks. Okay, wasn't very nice. No, it's not nice at all. No, I'm I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Penn State minus six and a half against Iowa. That's largely a, a prior thing. 
And I think Penn State is actually, I mean, they, they're better than than the than their scores have indicated. They've only been outgained. I mean, they've only been outgained in one game this season, despite losing two games. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Iowa, Minnesota. Sorry. Good. I'm going to Go take on. Minnesota plus two and a half over Indiana. Um, I like how Minnesota played last week. They they really had a lot of opportunities to to get make that game a lot closer than they did than it was. Um, and I think at home, getting two and a half, I like that. Okay, I'm going to take South Carolina minus seven and a half against a Tennessee team that was obliterated by Alabama as most teams are um, Texas or South Carolina is coming off of a bye after a three point loss uh, to Texas A&M and Texas A&M is a tough team this year though. Um, I, I just think they're a lot better. I'm going to take Northwestern plus six and a half over Wisconsin. Um, just don't think Wisconsin's that good personally, but we'll see. I'm going to continue. I haven't actually given out any Hawaii fades here yet, but because they haven't played any good teams, but I'm going to continue my Hawaii fade train um, and, and take Fresno state minus 24 and a half. Yeah, that was a nice one last week. The Nevada fade of Hawaii at the end of the, the end of the, of the long Saturday. And then we ended up with the second half bed on Nevada also. So that was yeah. fun. Nice. I've literally been and against so, Hawaii was- every game this year. I was so confident that we were going to win that game that I even went to bed and didn't even watch the results. <laughs> uh, Vanderbilt minus one and a half over Arkansas. I, I, I think Vanderbilt is a better team than Arkansas. That's all I can. That's all I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus twenty three and a half against Navy. Uh, you know, I don't think Notre Dame's that good. I just am pretty low on Navy. Here's my stinker of the week. I'm going to take the San Jose State Spartans to get their first win, covering the two and a half points against the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Ah, Coach guess... Brett, Coach Brett Brennan, uh, who's who's a friend of mine or acquaintance of mine for San Jose. State. I'd, like <laughs> him to get, I'd like him to get his first win. Can I ask who is not a friend or acquaintance of yours? Uh, lots of people. Like, can you can you name any of them? Um, I don't know Trump. I don't know our president. He's not a queen. Anybody in the sports world? Or <laughs> There's lots world? of people in the sports world that aren't. Do you know Bobby Flay? Uh, no, I've never met him. Do you know Guy Fieri? I think I've met Guy Fieri. He's kind of kicking around the Bay Area from time to time, but I wouldn't consider that I know him. What about... um? What about Wolfgang Puck? I've met Wolfgang Puck. I've been okay. at his I mean, restaurant. I used to go to his restaurant. You've literally but, met like, you know everybody. I don't know. Just because you meet someone doesn't mean you know him. Okay. okay. But, but your last you were connected with everyone. Okay. My last one, I'm going to take Northern Illinois plus seven at BYU. BYU is coming off of a nice win against Hawaii, which looks a lot better than it is because they're Hawaii. And after a stinker against Utah State, and yeah, I'm taking the Northern Illinois. What's their mascot again? It's like the Huskies. 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 I, like, Huskies, I can yeah. see the dog on the logo. Yeah, they're the Huskies. In my head. Um, okay. Okay. So let's be better this week. 
we'll be better this week, hopefully. And uh, we don't have, I don't think we have like a ton to talk about with the Twitter stuff, right? I mean, we could kind of pile on Jeff Schwartz some more. Um, we need to do that pro football focus sort of expose that oh, yeah. uh, Seth Burns sent us, but we, we haven't gotten around to that yet. Well, can, um, can, I, can I point out? Can I just point out the inconsistency in in what I saw for this particular week? How they had Denver or they had Arizona plus one against Denver listed as a pick because their line was Arizona minus a half. Yet that they made the money line Denver minus one hundred three. So somehow they thought Arizona should be favored on the point spread, but thought Denver was the money line favorite, which. I mean, do you understand how that makes any sense in any What's world the, we it's live in? The, it's the rare, it's the rare quad mobile distribution. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, you probably don't know linear algebra, so you're you have no idea what we're. I think about. I think you just previewed a, a conversation for coming weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so everybody, brush up giant... on your linear algebra. I'm going to have to because I want to be able to represent a knowledge of linear algebra. Uh, the Giants-Falcons game ending, that was pretty interesting. Um, I hated it. They went it. for it. Well, I think we hated the actual – there were so many things about that game that were that was absurd. But the, the idea of um, being down two touchdowns, scoring the touchdown to go down by eight, and then going for two finally got its like time in the spotlight. And it was very interesting to see how many people didn't really understand it. The reason that I find this whole thing interesting. So for those of you guys that didn't follow this, basically there's a pretty easy explanation of why you should go for two in that situation. Cause essentially it raises your, probability of winning because it gives you the opportunity basically to win the game in regulation when um you know essentially overtime is a 50 is you know assume it's like a 50 50 thing if you can win in regulation you can give yourself a chance to win in regulation it really is going to increase your chances to win there's there's a little bit more math to it that that but that's probably the easiest explanation well jeff i think i think the easiest explanation is pretty simple i mean you either go if you go for two if you make it you're down six and if you score another touchdown, you kick the extra point and you go up one and you win. And so there's a 50% chance you make that first two point conversion. So basically if we assume that you get two scores, the opponent won't score at all. Like there's a 50% chance you win the game outright. If you miss the two point conversion, the first one, you're down eight, you score another touchdown, you go for two again. If you make it scores tied, you go to OT. If you miss, you're down two and you lose. So the expected, your expected um, margin of victory or defeat is the same, but what does it doesn't really matter if you lose by two or lose by one. So that's why this is this is why I mean that's why this is the right outcome here or the right sorry decision. Irregardless, uh, this got a lot of uh, publicity, and people were having a hard time with it. And what I find interesting about it is it just highlights a lot of like the general like people just don't understand math and they don't understand how to make decisions because so much of the reasons that people were saying that they didn't want to do it were grounded on things like loss aversion um or like you know endowment bias or 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 whatever the 
the idea that like failing uh un- failing conventionally is better than um succeeding unconventionally so i think it was like a great highlight of all this sort of behavioral economics um and and cognitive biases that we see in people when they make bad decisions true also i i learned from a math guy named court Gaines that odds don't even out on one play or the game basically pro- Probability only works when you have an unlimited sample size. But, you know, like everyone was giving that guy so much crap and like he deservedly so, but he wasn't the only, I mean, that was a common thing that people just don't understand the whole nature of, of making decisions and, and probability. And it, it's actually a hard thing to, to, for people to really fully understand, you know, um, I think that the reason that he, he kept saying he was a math guy right? and he was explaining this, you know, so when you start saying that it's, it's sort of, it's absurd. You can basically just say like, you don't agree with the analytics or you don't, I mean, whatever it is, but don't say you're a math guy. And then, you know, say like, Oh yeah, but I only believe in math when I get to do something like millions of times. Otherwise I just ignore the math. <laughs> right. I, I, I retweeted his thing and said, basically what he said is akin to saying you shouldn't double if you're playing blackjack and you're just playing one hand, if you have an 11 and the dealer showing a six. I know we made, I made up, we all made all sorts of ridiculous jokes at his expense. Um, it was a lot of fun. And it actually like the whole conversation to me was super interesting. And it was, it was interesting how passionate a lot of the analytics people on Twitter got. And, you know, I would say actually more people, that are not analytically inclined understood this and got it than I thought would, um, which I think is a good sign that like the world is becoming more in- analytically inclined. Yeah. But there are still people like trolling me and argue with me on my Twitter about like how I'm not accounting for like the fact of like, what, what if Tom Brady is the quarterback? Would oh, I still okay. feel that way? Cause I'd want to give Tom Brady a chance to win it over time. And I'm like, oh my god, this is, this is my my painful. favorite. My favorite was the one guy who I I said like he didn't understand. And, he, and I said, would you rather have a fifty percent chance to win in regulation, a twenty five percent chance of losing in overtime, and a twenty five percent chance, or sorry, fifty percent chance of winning in regulation, twenty twenty five percent chance of losing in regulation, and twenty five percent chance of winning to overtime, or one hundred percent chance of going to overtime? And he said one hundred percent OT. I was like, you know, I give up. I'd rather have a hundred percent chance to win the game. That's like saying, would you rather have four dollars or three dollars? And the guy says three dollars. Like, okay, well, p- we're done here. Ten. Right, we're done here. We're done. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about NFL futures, or is that like an old note from a previous episode? No, no, no. I I, I marked that down. I was kind of looking through. I actually was going through myself and saw that I actually have value on the Patriots which was kind of astounding to me. Woo! I'm going to unload. All I, I need is a green light to go on the Patriots. Well, it depends on what number you get. So matter? I make the, yeah. This is like I, lock it in. We don't, I we make don't actually Patriots, care about the line. It doesn't matter. Just bet on the Brewers. Yeah, bet tonight. on the Brewers. Now, they won't lose tonight. I guarantee you that. I don't think they're going to lose the rest of the year. No, I think that's a safe bet. Probably not even in January. What do you think about this World Series, by the way? Um, so the, just so you guys know that this is we're recording this on Wednesday night, so the Red Sox just won Game Two and they're up two nothing. 
I mean, I think the Red Sox are a really good team and they're probably going to win. I'm not betting on it. What about you? Uh, I had like a Dodgers futures and I basically just bought out of it so that I ended up with like a, a Red Sox. I ended up with like a Red Sox plus 160 or 70 in the series kind of thing. Okay. Nice. Nice. By the yeah, way, the, put it in there. by the way, just for the listeners, the break even price um, for New England to win the Super Bowl, I make it plus 473. Wow. Yeah. Second, second most their likely team to win it. Really, their, their offense is really turned around, huh? That's probably why they're, they're yeah. trying to rise in your ranking ratings. And I'm just not as high on Kansas City as everybody else is. I'm also, I mean, Kansas City, I actually, they've been very good in turnovers this year, and actually New England hasn't. And New England's only plus, New England's been fine. They're plus one, but I'm also very low on Houston, who is the most likely team now to come out of the AFC South. And it's like, yeah, they are. You know, and the AFC East is looking worse by the by the week. So, you remember, remember when you were, uh, when you had those Miami to win the yeah, AFC East? Honestly, God, that, that week when I was in Vegas and bet those futures, like, I, I basically just lit a bunch of money on fire, it seems like. I mean, the Baltimore futures are looking okay. Um, Tennessee but that still was a fun, has a that chance. That was a fun podcast because you we got to talk about like how you ran around Vegas and put futures down. So for the podcast, that was valuable. It was fun. Appreciate it was a fun it. weekend in general. Fun week in general. My my Redskins features to win the division still alive. Those look good. Um, I mean, the futures yeah. we gave out at the beginning of the year, some of them are still alive. I mean, the only one that's like not looking so good is Seattle to win the win the uh, NFC West. Yeah, two point three percent now. So don't th- <laughs> do, do, don't light it on fire chance. just yet. There's a chance. There's always a chance. A chance. Hey, well, I didn't light my I, think I didn't light my Oklahoma futures on fire either. Which you no, you told me to light my Penn State futures on fire. Yeah, that's a good good thing to do. <laughs> I told if you, I need you kindling. Well, they have two losses now, so I actually found value betting on Buffalo to win or to make the Super Bowl. Did you know that Chris has them at fifteen hundred to one to make the Super Bowl to win the AFC? Fifteen hundred, and you can get Oakland at two thousand to one. Wow. <laughs> hey, you free go, money. You go. You- you go and do it. Um, let's see. In the NFL last week, anything interesting? Uh, I guess like, New Orleans beating Baltimore, which we both had. Um, let's see. Last week we were. Oh, you we were, were we one. Were bad. I was bad. No, you were one three. You know, I think I'm beating you overall right now. By the way, I think by, you are by a game. Yeah. I, I didn't so even want to add it up. Were, I was afraid of what I might. No, find I added it up. I added it up before the show. Um, so I was two, two and one last week. You were, uh, one, three and one. Um, not so good. What's interesting is like you and I have been opposed on a few bets and it's basically whoever ends up putting the picks in first. We don't, we don't cross the person, but we were, we were actually, uh, let's see last week was last week. Yeah. The, the Kansas city, new England game. No, that wasn't, that was two weeks ago. Uh, last week, yeah, New England. We had New England uh, minus three against Chicago. Um, that line plummeted, obviously, due to the the injuries. I think it closed at New England minus two. 
I think it was minus one in some places. Even. Wait, you bet you had New England minus three? Yeah. All right. Oh, I actually got a plus 3.25. Yeah. No, I know. I'm on, saying, on the, like, you put, in, you put that Let in. You put that in. Let me see Asian. Yeah. Handicap. Yeah. Well, I'm Asian, so it's fine for me to do the Asian handicap. Um, do we want to do picks, or is there anything else we want to talk about in the NFL? Um, I said let's get to picks. Okay. Uh, it's getting late, so we might as well. Uh, at, it, going into this week in the NFL, I'm 19, 13, and 3, and Rufus is 16 and a half, 16 and 2 and a half. You are just above 500. I'm just about, I'm just above 500 in both. Yeah. But I'm, Yeah. Um, so this week's picks, uh, I got a Thursday night game. I'm going to take Miami plus the seven and a half over Houston. I'm surprised you don't have that. Yeah, I, I almost do. It's going to be a massive Peabody pick. I'll tell you that it's, it's just not quite a, the player level model doesn't love it as much. Um, your first pick. My first pick is going to be Pittsburgh minus eight against Cleveland. Pittsburgh coming off the bye against Cleveland, the luckiest team in the NFL. Well, Actually, not really, because they've lost a bunch of games, but they and they always lose the close games, but they have the best turnover margin in the NFL. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to take Cincy minus four over Tampa. Um, obviously, everyone is going to remember Cincy getting their ass kicked on Monday night, and I always feel like that provides some value on teams. Um, in the immediate in the immediate aftermath i like your logic there i I actually took but i took tampa plus i took tampa plus six but um just early on but i make i make it four so i'm not taking anything now make it four with the combination of massey peabody and the player individual player model but got it so together we have a positive portfolio (laughs) perfect uh, I'm going to take Denver plus 10 at Kansas City. Uh, I just think that number is way too high. Um, that's that's definitely the biggest value I have this week. I, I The Massey Peabody makes it 4.8. Player level makes it 4.1. You know, I'm, you know, I'm low on Kansas City. I, it's not that I don't like Mahomes or their offense. It's just their defense isn't good enough for them to really sustain. Well, that does seem like a, that does seem like a very inflated line. Like their defense is just, their defense is bad, bad. Yeah, like too bad. It's like, um, like let's see, like bottom. They're gonna run. Denver's gonna run too, and Denver, Denver can run the ball. They got those two rookie running backs. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take the Niners minus one over Arizona. Um, again, probably a little bit of. CJ Beathard, really like him. So, yeah, I don't think the Niners are really as bad as people think. Yeah, I think they're a better team than Arizona. So, I'm gonna even though they team. lost to them, they, that's one of those like they lost to them so recently, and everyone's got that in their mind. So they can't make that line too big. No, I think you're right. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks plus three at Detroit. Seahawks are coming off of bye after the London game, which where they played well. Detroit played well last week, but um, I just, yeah, I, I've been high on Seattle and I still am. Yeah, I was going to say, you just kind of have a lot of Seattle bias in you. I also like Seattle Basically. plus three in that game. 
Um, I like your picks this week, to be honest. So, although, like, well, I, I won't, picks. I won't say it. So, I like, I liked uh, your picks last week. It didn't work out for us, though. I was, well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, well, I, I, I was going to take the Jets plus okay. the seven and a half over Chicago. Um, I still believe in these Jets as a team that can keep keep games close. The butt Jets. The butt fumble Jets. The butt fumble Jets. Yeah. You got um, two more. I do. I'm going to take uh, Carolina plus two against Baltimore with my first one. Carolina's played a bunch of close games. Um, they should have beat the Redskins the other week. I mean, then they probably should have lost to the Giants that week. They made the miracle, you know, 63-yard field goal or, or whatever it is. But um, Baltimore's Baltimore's a very good team on defense, but not very good on offense. And I just think, you know, for, these are these are two teams that are both solidly above average, but there's not a lot separating them. I have them about two points apart on the neutral field, so two points is um, is good enough for me here. And then, oh wait, you have a fifth pick. Oh, see, so yeah, but you're taking yeah. you're you're doubling I up on the Seattle. Side. I already said it. I'm taking Seattle ah, plus the three. So I get two. Also. I get two in a row. Nice. Yeah. So my last one is going to be Oakland plus three. Um, without Amari Cooper against the Colts. Isn't that like a who gives a shit kind of thing? About Amari Cooper? By the way, did you hear Jason Witten and the Monday night team saying that the the, the uh, Cowboys had won that trade? I mean, I'm not surprised, but I think, I mean, I, anytime the media says a team wins a trade, that team probably got like, got completely ripped but this off. is like this is like egregious right this is like crazy like a town first rounder a first round pick yeah it's just crazy town oh that's i mean i think that that giving up two first rounders for khalil mack was crazy town as well but but at least khalil mack plays is plays is one of the best in the league at a premium position are there any receivers that you would give up a first round pick for um you know, I don't know. I'm not a GM, but in terms of, I could tell you in terms of handicapping, in terms of how much a receiver impacts the game, um, I, I don't think they're worth much. Right. Like, if so you, the, the answer is probably no, you wouldn't. No, you're right. I, I wouldn't. Like, for example, Atlanta, the Falcons, which have the second best wide receiver core in the NFL, if I, if, if I gave them a league average wide receiving core instead of that, they would only be seven tenths of a point worse in my numbers. Yeah. Whereas if you gave the Patriots Mitch, if you gave the Patriots um, Mitch Trubisky a quarterback, they would be 10 Don't say points that. Worse. Don't say that. Don't say 10 that. Points. I don't want Mitch Trubisky. I don't want Mitch Trubisky. Which is literally like five wins. Basically, Brady's worth five wins over Trubisky. He's like a sneaky good rusher, by the way. Have you watched him play? Trubisky? Yeah, yeah, he's a good runner. He had like he's had like a hundred yards rushing well in his last. What's that? I'm very low on him, as you can tell. I'm just telling you, he's a good. Like, if he were a black quarterback, like people would talk about how good a runner he was because he's a white quarterback. No one talks about it. Nobody talked about Alex Smith being a good runner either, and he was like a running quarterback yeah, he, in college. Yeah, he was. He ran like the read option or whatever the the triple option. He ran the they, Urban Meyer. He did a lot offense. of options there. They ran a lot of options, read options, whatever. 
Urban okay. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, that's it, guys. That's all for us this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. So thanks for listening to Bet the Profit.